Hey everybody, welcome back to the Freedom Men's Podcast. We're so glad that you're here. I'm here with Pastor Kyle, yes. and it's 2023. 2023, we're ready to go to New Year and a new look. Check out this place we're in, Sterling. Yes, this is a beautiful studio that is uh, really created by a, a guy in our church who is an online social media content creator, but he's not just a creator. He is such a, an excellent creator that his focus on YouTube and social media is to help other content creators lift their business off the ground and learn how to do it. Yeah, and he graciously came in and wanted to upgrade our podcast. Yes. And so we moved from Kyle's office at Freedom Church <laughs> to now his beautiful studios. Yes, and, and it is. And he's actually here today. Yes. Come on, Joe. Let's see it. So Joe come on, Klein, come on in here. good to see you. Wanted Thank to see your you, face. man. You were the best. You're really. making us look good and better. Thank you. And we have a lot more fun when he's around too. Yes. He yes. just, yeah, he just brings a great uh, feel and atmosphere and presence. Yeah. Uh, so today is a great topic. We're really looking forward to it. This was one of our most requested topics from 2022. It was. We asked a whole bunch of guys to say, hey, what would you like to hear in 2023? Yeah. And this topic kept coming up at the top, the yeah. top, the top, the They're top. They're relentless. And it was, it just literally comes down to a question. Yeah. What is a man? What is a Christian man to honestly be more exact? Yeah. And the Christian side of it is, of course, a big focus because it's hard to really define what a Christian man is in today's world, much less a, a man. Uh, and so really to figure out what it is and what that means to each of us. Yeah. And hopefully that helps some of the guys that are listening And, and I think we can help a lot of guys. Yeah. And when we are so stuck into Hollywood and media and movies and stuff, even just over the Christmas break, I watched a couple of shows with my family. And I just watched again how the role of men in men are diminishing yeah. and how men are just made to look like a bunch of buffoons and yeah. idiots. They're stumbling. They're not very smart. Yeah. And uh, I think it's important that we do tackle this subject. What is a man? Yeah. What 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 do we really pursue? Yeah. Uh, are we pursuing the dopey dad look to be fun and silly for our you know our kids or our coworkers or our employees yep. if we're the boss and and we want to be the fun dad uh, that you know is just kind of there a presence to encourage everybody or are we really here for a specific reason as Christian men uh, to make a difference in the lives of those around us including yeah our family? I mean we're not the three stooges just walking around you know busting each other's heads and yeah. in the eyes yeah. But man, God's put us here for a purpose, yeah. and that's what we want to explore today. Yeah. Although the, I like the Three Stooges. They're very, very, very funny. <laughs> but it, it's all about being a man yeah. and what God created us to do yeah, so in there's, this role. There's a, a kind of an idea that we'd started with. Uh, it, there's a very popular book, but also a very effective book called Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. And he says, the central questions that linger in the heart of masculine identity are, am I strong enough and do I have what it takes? Uh, what are your, some of your thoughts about that that question? That question? Am I strong enough and do I have what it takes? Yeah. It's a resounding. If you ask me that question, Kyle, 101, mano y mano, yeah. I'm going to say no. I'm not strong enough. Mm. I don't have what it takes. I would buckle under the pressure. I would make the wrong decisions. If it weren't for you, say, well, what? why, why? If it wasn't for the Spirit of God within me, right. if it wasn't for God's grace, and his mercy yeah. and his hand upon my life to em literally empower me and empower you yeah. and empower every man watching this podcast, yeah. then we we would all fall under the pressure. Yeah, that if you didn't have the Spirit of God with you at all times, uh, Kyle, without that, would be a very different person. Yes, and Sterling would be that as yes, well. Yes, I would be a very and different person. Every other person watching. Uh, I've always seen some of my siblings learn the hard way in life. 
And I've determined that I don't want to be the person that has to learn things the hard way. Yeah. So as I've paid attention and, and learned things from other people's mistakes and their successes, in fact, you told me that, that's a, a big uh, part of the end of Hebrews, pay attention to the leaders yeah. around you, uh, learn from their faith and pay attention to the outcome of their life. See if that's what you want for your own life. So learning uh, about Christian men, what it means, taking the best from people is a huge uh, thing for me. And I've come down to whittle it down to three different words. And those words are teach, model, and pray. Yeah. Uh, and so as a Christian man, it's pretty simple to me, uh, even though I know there's so much to it. It, it, it boils down to those three things, to teach mm-hmm. uh, everything that I say, everything that I speak, how I ask my kids, uh, you know, my, my oldest is four years old, but that's still a, this is a crucial age to form his spiritual life in a lot of ways. The way that he sees me talk about the Lord, talk to my wife, talk to each other, see people at church and talk to them, how we serve at church as a family too, teaching him all of these things and then modeling it. Yeah. So if you're, if you're kind of summing it up right now, if I ask you the question, yeah. How would you define a Christian man? You would use those three words, teach, model, and pray? Yeah, that, that's what we are called to do. Yeah, uh, that, that's brilliant, Sterling. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so you're talking about modeling. What do, what do you mean by modeling? Well, I think modeling is really, can I look someone in the eye and say, I want you to follow mm. exactly like I'm following? Can I genuinely look someone in the eye? Can I look all of the men that are listening to this podcast, if I was sitting in the car next to them, or if I was sitting in their office as they're listening to this podcast uh, or at home, could I look you in the eye and say, I I really do want you to follow the Lord exactly like I'm following. Yeah. And I think the apostle Paul actually wrote that in scripture. Yeah. Follow me as I follow Christ. Yes. And that's a bold statement to make. It is. And it's scary. The more you know someone, the closer you are in proximity, the the worse that gets yes, uh, because they know the the dirtiest, darkest parts of you. So the modeling is really hard. And, and then to teach what you're modeling too and explain why you're doing those things is crucial. And then of course the prayer, and uh, I, we're going to talk about this in our next podcast episode. So we're not going to uh, go into the prayer as much right now, but uh, that is a huge part that really affects the other two. And if I'm not praying, if I'm not spending quiet time with the Lord, then uh, my teaching and modeling will not be what the Lord would have me to do, but it will be creating a mess that I'll then have to let the Lord clean up later or ask him to clean up later. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, uh, those are that's really it. Uh, and everybody around me, am I teaching, modeling, and praying uh, what being a Christian man really is about? And, what and about I you? Love, yeah, about you, if me? you were to ask me, who who does Kyle say that a man is? Obviously, number one, I want to go to Scripture. Yeah. Right. I mean, I know Google's saying a lot of stuff and <laughs> Amazon's delivering stuff to your door that right. tries to tell you who Joe you are. Joe Klein has a lot of good thoughts. There's a lot of things coming at us. And first of all, I would say that being a Christian man is a humbling thing. And I'm honored. Yeah. Right. You say, what is a Christian man? How are you a Christian man? I, man with tears in my eyes, humbled yeah. and honored that God would choose me to be a man, that he would put those roles on me. Yeah that he would give us as men broad shoulders to carry the weight of our marriages and our homes and our works and society's pressures. And that's not with like ego. No, That's that's with uh, humility that we walk with this title, that we are men of God. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And through that, uh, I have to understand that through those tears, that being a man of God is selfless. Hmm. Like sometimes we get the last portion Sometimes that means we go to the last line, not the first of the line, but a sacrifice that we're putting others before us. That's that's the real man. That's good. 
Not that we get the first parking spot or that we get a t-shirt and it says best dad or best man and a big thumbs up, <laughs> but, but that with humility, we walk in this role. And when I look at 1 John chapter 2, as you alluded to, uh, I, I don't have time in this podcast to read the whole thing, but I challenge you, men, go read 1 John 2, 12 through 14. Mm-hmm. And he actually addresses the three identities that I believe that make up a man. Yeah. He doesn't just address them once, but he addresses them twice. He calls out young men twice. He calls out fathers twice. And he calls out what we would call fierce fighters yeah. twice. Yeah. And he gives them almost like this bullet action mm-hmm. like go do these things and in each of those things we see that our identity lies in being a son of god being a spiritual father mm-hmm. and being a fierce fighter yeah and so if you're asking me again kind of go back yeah what what is a christian man i would say exactly that a son of god that our sins have been forgiven mm-hmm. that we walk in his grace and mercy that we have a relationship with him what is a man someone who follows jesus christ mm-hmm. that is where his marching orders come from. Not not some website, right. not Playboy magazine, <laughs> not Budweiser commercials. Yeah. Th- this is a man that falls in line with what God has. He's a son of God. Yeah. Number two, we see in this little passage of scripture, this says, I'm writing to you fathers. That then becomes the responsibility of us to what? To then make disciples. Mm-hmm. And whether we're single, whether we're married, we have kids. That's right. We're all called to make disciples. So what? Take the things that we've been taught and invest them into others. And that's fatherhood. Yeah. And sometimes people don't want them. Uh, and sometimes people do. Have you ever had a spiritual father where you've, uh, you know, received input from them and sometimes you you didn't really want it or you did want it? No, I always wanted it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes the investment's hard. Sometimes the words are hard. But yeah, I mean, I've said this before in previous podcasts, Janelle's father is my spiritual father. Yeah. Um, he is my pastor since the middle school, elementary days of my life. And so when I go through hard times, when I need questions, uh, in fact, I'm about to have to probably preach a funeral here in the next couple of days. I'm about to call him and ask for a couple more tidbits or a couple yeah. more insights on a funeral. Yeah. And so that is a great place to go and turn because he invested into me, but I just can't receive that. Yeah. I now, as called out as a man of God, I got to also turn around and release that. Yeah. Yeah. And we've talked about some of that, uh, what that means to be that spiritual mentor uh, when someone invites you into their life, uh, how to kind of coach and, and be a part of their uh, their world. But it is, it's hard because sometimes, you know, people don't want you to be a spiritual father or a mentor. So you have to walk that line uh, with your own family or with uh, employees or friends or anybody. Uh, how do you get to be that spiritual father. And yeah, so that's Yeah, that's and I think to kind of to kind of tick in on that second little line there of spiritual father, uh I I try to seek people out. Hmm. I don't let those people come to me. Like I look for those sons, if you will, and say, I want to invest into them. I want to spend the next year with them. I want to hmm. help train them and mentor them. So as as a man of God, I always have to have the eyeglasses on and seeing who in this church or who in my work or who in my neighborhood can I invest in? Mm. I believe that's a huge role being a Christian man. Wow. That, that's interesting because it's different than the norm for mentorship. You hear, you need to always seek out the mentor because they're, you know, they're, they're too busy. Uh, and this is interesting. Don't, don't, uh, don't get ahead of me on this oh. thought, but they're too busy uh, to mentor everybody unless you're really hungry. But you were saying 
uh, and I know your life. I know how busy you are. I know how many meetings you have. I know how many issues in, in the church and with the staff and with direction and vision and plans and uh, everything, all the events. And I mean, you have your hand in everything at the church. You are busy. But you're saying, as a Christian man, you make it your purpose and mission, and you do a good job of this, to pay attention to people, to discern when yes. they do have potential, when they may need a little bit of, uh, you know, help or love or care. Uh, and, you know, there's so many great thoughts that we'll pull out right here at the yeah. end. But with this, you're actually seeking people out, which is different. And I think so valuable to mention yeah. uh, that sometimes we think we're supposed to just you know, wait Let, until people come to us, but they might not, especially in today's world, everyone's yeah. kind of, it seems, maybe it's just me, but everyone seems a lot busier now. Um, you know, we see that in church, regular church attendance is once or twice a month instead of three to four times a month. That's considered regular church attendance, uh, much less everything else that's going on. And that's just church, yeah. not everything else. But you being how busy you are, seek out people. So I think is, that's a testament. This is what I believe. If we're talking about being a Christian man, we need to look at the man, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And this is what just my interpretation of the way he lived his life. He never went and sought out miracles. He never went and sought out needs. Right. They always came to him. Sure. But when it came to mentoring and investing and fathering, he went to them. Come on, man. It's that's the good. only time Jesus went to people besides them coming to him. The crowds were always following him. The crowds yeah. were always trying to grab the hem of his garment. Oof. But what was that for? That was for needs. It was for miracles. It was for emergencies, stress of their life. That stuff comes to us. Yes. We don't even have to seek it out. But when it comes to discipleship and mentoring and investing and coaching Man. in others, the father that God's called us all to be, we must seek that out. That is good. And so that's what I believe is the role of being a Christian man is that that powerful father figure. That's good. And it puts a lot of ownership on us. And I tell my kids this all the time. They get tired of me saying it. Listen, life is not just going to happen. You've got to go get it. Right, yeah. You, you have to be proactive. You have to be the one that asks the questions. You have to be the ones that gets out of your comfort box. Right. Like, like great life and great success is not just going to show up in your front door one yeah. day. Yeah, So we got to go get it. But then there's that third element that First John talks about, um, and it is being a fierce fighter. And you and I kind of went back and forth on, is that warrior, is that brave heart, <laughs> is that gladiator? Yeah. And uh, we could talk all day about that. We could. But, I, but I really think what John is talking about is that we fight against the works of the enemy. We yeah. fight against evil. Yeah. And that we are proactive to fight in a sense of protecting, because that's a role of a father and a role of a man. Protecting and serving and just looking out for yeah. the evil that comes. In your family, yeah. in your church. Come on, we're men. We need to have those eyes to see. Right. But then also in your workplace, in society, God's given us to fight against the work of the enemy. Not fighting like in a Bud Light commercial because you got a little drunk and <laughs> your ego. We're not talking about that kind of fighting. We're not talking about fighting because their truck's bigger than your truck. Sure. The stupid American stuff. Right. We're talking about fighting the works of the enemy. When you feel there's somebody in your church that may be going down the wrong path. You fight for them. Yeah. When you feel like a marriage is on the brink of divorce, you step up and as a Christian man, you fight for them. Yeah. This is the fight. Yeah. But you said something in kind of our pre-talks that I think is really, really good when it comes to being a fierce fighter, that when trials hit and troubles hit and kind of the unfairness of life yeah. hits, that you had a perspective on fighting <laughs> that I think needs to be brought up. Well, I think uh, in church, we use a lot of wartime language. A lot of the fighting that we saw in scripture in the Old Testament and in Revelation, 
was for that season. Uh, the Lord had you know something in that culture that he needed the fighting to happen. Uh, he knew that Pharaoh wouldn't release anything unless he showed power. Uh, because that's all Pharaoh knew. That's all kings know is uh, acts of power and movement. So he brought the plagues into Egypt. And so that was the violence. That was the actions. And in Revelation, it says that the Lord's going to come back and commit unspeakable horrors and atrocities on this world. Uh, and so we think we want to be soldiers for the Lord. Uh, but the best part is, to me, Jesus didn't show that to us. Uh, and he didn't ask us to fight. In fact, all the leaders in scripture that we know of, they uh, they by all means lost. They went down not fighting, but went down praying yeah. and went down loving others. Yeah. Uh, all the disciples that were martyred, they they would die and not win any battles. People would you know look at them and see a failure. So to me, uh, I have to be okay with losing. And fighting for me is not about trying to win arguments or battles with people. It's not about winning an argument against my boss. It's not about winning an, arguments, uh, an argument with my family members that aren't saved, that don't believe in the same thing that I believe. I'm not trying to convince them of anything. Uh, fighting for me is not uh, yelling at someone or suing someone or getting the money that I deserve out of an insurance accident or something like that, which is common in our world to fight yeah. for these things. It's not about my right as an American that I deserve some uh, specific liberties or justices with my Christian faith. Uh, none of that is what I'm fighting for. In fact, again, by all standards, Jesus and all the first century Christians and leaders of the faith lost. So that is their, that's their model. They wanted us to fight not others, but themselves, yeah. their flesh. Yeah. So to me, yeah, it's really, how do I bounce back from those disruptions? How do I bounce back from the, the things of myself and uh, of others that want to take me away from, from my faith or uh, get me angry or upset at other Yeah, people? in this American culture, when we think of fight and we say fierce fighter, we're automatically thinking of what? We're thinking of like a can of Copenhagen in our back pocket, six pack of beer in the front seat yeah. and we're all wild eyed going crazy yeah. and about to fight somebody in the in the street in front of us or in the supermarket yes, or right. whatever and that's not the fight that's not what we're talking about no we're talking about fighting the urge to hate our enemies yes we're talking about fighting the urge to be racist yes fighting, come on man fighting the urge yeah to um, do all of these things that are in our culture yes that's easiest for us to do easy and modeled by so many others yeah fight to just be like everyone else yes. it's the fight the fight inside of us like you said and i think you nailed it was the internal fight and i think that fight is shown to us in first timothy chapter six and i do want to read this passage of scripture uh first timothy six nine through twelve it says but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and into a snare into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. There's those yes. fights that we've been talking yeah, about. Yeah. Verse 10 says, For the love of money is the root of all evils. It is through these cravings some have wandered away from the faith and have pierced themselves with many pangs. So right here, I believe that mm. he's defining what we've just been talking yes, about. Yeah. This is the American man. Yeah. And so we're talking about being a man today. The American man is have a lot of Bitcoin, get yourself a big juicy yes, truck, right. fat house, yes. nice clothes, what kind of shoes you're wearing. Right. It's all of this image-driven macho right. machismo mess, right? And Timothy's telling these young believers, stay away from it. Yeah. Watch it. Watch yourself with money. Watch yourself with temptation. Watch yourself... With women. Right. Watch yourself with all these things we've been talking about. Come on. He's saying, leave it behind. 
run from it. But then this is what he says right here, verse 11. But as for you, O man of God, mm-hmm. just what he says, flee from those things. That means, Sterling, if I'm running this way, I need to 180 degree turn and run around the other way. Right. I need to leave these things. But don't flirt with them. Don't hang around them. Don't sit next to them. Yep. Leave them behind. Yeah. And this is what he says. After you flee those things, pursue what? Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. And then he says this. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of all these things that you were called and make good the confession in the presence of many witnesses. This is it. This is it. This sums up the fight we've been talking about to be the man of God. Yeah. And it's sometimes really hard in the midst of a sickness that you have, a job loss, hopelessness, trials, and to have the endurance to have the integrity, the character, the the steadfastness, like it's talking about, to pursue godliness, faith, love, gentleness. Uh, it's hard. I these, mean, what are some of the hard ones for you uh, out of those six that we yeah, talked the, about? Yeah, these are the six things that we've got to pursue. These should be the targets of our minds, and these are the fights to to take hold of them. And yeah. for me, the hardest ones is actually, I'm going to put it into two. Yeah. The hardest ones for me as a man is the gentleness and love. Yeah. It's just the way I was raised, my mentality, even my temperament, personality. Those are the hard ones. Gentleness Mm. and love. What about you? What's the hardest one for you? Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd say probably faith. Having faith uh, when I want to have a plan is is very difficult. Yeah. What would you say is your strength when you're looking at these six characteristics? Well, it's funny because you said gentleness is your weakness. Um, I, I don't know if it's just because of, uh, you know, how I think about things and I, I think that I overthink it or if maybe I, I just didn't have a whole lot of confidence in myself growing up, especially. For me, gentleness is the easiest. Uh, just to listen, to pay attention to others, to learn from them uh, the most that I can. I think that is, that, that's a lot of what would be described as gentleness. Yeah. And so I would, yeah, just definitely describe myself as being able to be gentle. Yeah, and this reveals that you and I are yeah. almost polar opposites. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of, and I think that's why we work together, you know, well, and I enjoy it uh, is because, you know, you, you can just kind of take the reins in a lot of ways and I can just create as much as I can with you. Uh, yep. So, and then you well, also bring out the side of me that I know it needs to get better. Yeah. Gentleness and love and all those type things as well. Yeah, but what's the good you know, the best thing that you, you, you feel like you're strong with? I would say, uh, without a doubt, it would be steadfastness. And I would say that comes from being raised in an uncontrollable environment where a lot of things happen that I didn't have control of. Hmm. And so, like, as an adult now, I get to make my own decisions, create my own path. Yeah. Then, for me, it's the steady eddy. Yeah. It's the same. It's the solid. Uh, I, I want to be the same today as I was six weeks ago mm. and the same today mm. as I am going to be in six weeks. And I'm yeah. not talking about not changing, not having goals, but I'm talking about same person. Yeah. Well, the way that you uh, treat and value, the way that you pour into others, invest in them. Uh, and I've seen that. And to me, that steadfastness is 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 best shown through the way that you communicate to people consistently. Uh, you have no problem even after a really long, hectic, stressful day uh, with a lot of unknowns or a lot of big decisions that you've made, you have no problem calling someone that you plan to call instead yeah. of letting it go, you know, onto the back burner and calling them the next the next day or something. You you're steadfast with that. Uh, the way that you intentionally will set aside your own thoughts to care about someone else. Uh, 
that to me is steadfastness. And yeah, I can understand why you would say that's one of your strengths. Yeah. And I think this kind of a side note, I think the key to leadership, big leadership, whether you're running an office, whether you're you know, a teacher in a school, whether yeah. you're at a church, whatever your employment is, yeah. the true test of leadership is, are you who you say you are? Yeah. And to me, that's steadfastness. I, I don't want to give anybody an ounce, mm. a crack that makes them think that I'm not who I am, whether it's on the stage, whether it's on this podcast, whether it's me with my family out to eat, whatever it is, I want to be the same man in all arenas of my life. Yeah. Could you do what it takes? Are you strong enough with who you are to do everything you need to do in life to be a Christian man? The answer is no. No, absolutely not. But with the Spirit of the Lord, with these values and, and ideas, the the scriptures and the understanding that we can place on our hearts and love the Lord our God with all of our heart, strength, and soul, and mind, it's it's possible, uh, if not enjoyable Yes, in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I think to kind of sum it up back to the question, like you said, am I strong enough to have what it takes? No, 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 no. But we got a great God yes. who supplies us. We got a great church yep. who gives us community That's of people right. to stand with. We have spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers yep. that encourage us. And we got great friends. And these are the things that we've certainly been preaching about <laughs> to all the men listening, the podcast. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, and we appreciate you get, being a part of things here with us. And we'll see you next time.